Okay, boys and girls, it's now time for Treks in Sci-Fi with the star of the show, the Geek Meister himself, Rico. Welcome, everyone. This is Treks in Sci-Fi, show number 61 for July the 2nd, 2006. I'm going to try a little different technique this week in my review and look at an original Star Trek series episode from the first season of Star Trek. And we're going to get to that very soon. Here we go. Treks in Sci-Fi. like to welcome everyone to the show. This is Rico, your host for Treks in Sci-Fi. This, uh, we're up to show 61 this week. Well, it's been a very um, long long week, but it's a, going to be a long holiday weekend here for uh, a lot of us in the United States, so that's kind of nice. A lot of things going on, at least for me this past week and in the near future, which I'm going to talk about here uh, shortly. The, the main thing I want to start off with this week, oh, first I'd like to say the... Um, Welcome to everyone if you're new to the show, and welcome also to the long-term listeners. I always like to try to say that if I uh, if I can remember to, because uh, sometimes I realize even though we're up to show 61, there's there's probably always somebody new listening each week. So welcome welcome to the podcast. the The thing I want to well first we're going to do some kind of general announcements, and then we'll get to the sort of meat of the show. Uh, the first thing I'd like to mention is as usual I have a few new tweaks to the to the website. Uh, some of you may have noticed this already. If you go to treksf.com or treksinsci-fi.com, I have on the main page now what looks like an iPod Nano. And what that allows you to do is to pull up the re- most recent podcasts and sort of stream them and play them directly from that interface. You just go to uh, music and I think the first selection is recent podcasts and it'll show you like the last five podcasts. And they should stream and play right to your uh, computer. I thought that might be kind of helpful. You know, sometimes I know people don't like to subscribe or maybe they want to just get a taste of the show and and see what it's all about before they go and subscribe to it or and, you know, hook it in iTunes or whatever other feed uh, they use for uh, podcasts that they'd like to listen to. So that I thought would be nice. There's also a few other little things there, some songs you can get to. I'm, I'm still tweaking around with that. And there is also, if you go to the extras section, if you click on movie, I'm right now I have a short clip from the Superman Returns movie in there and I'm going to alternate that. You can only put one movie clip in at a time and obviously it's rather tiny on the small nano uh, screen there, but it's kind of a neat little feature and uh, I really like it. I thought it was kind of slick, so I, I added it to the main uh, main page on the website. So check that out when you get a chance. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. TSFPN.com. As I said in the uh, beginning of the show here, I'm going to try a little different technique when we get to do the Star Trek portion of this this week's podcast. Uh, I'll talk about that more in a minute, though. Uh, I also got quite a few emails this past week, and I am going to hold off in talking mainly about those and answering. I, I mean, I have written most of those people back, but I like to talk about them on the show usually. But I'm going to hold off and do that on my Wednesday show this coming week because this show is going to run a little long, I think, with this new way I'm going to do the Star Trek review. So I'm going to hold off on the email section and portion for the Wednesday show. So if you've sent me an email and want to uh, hear about that, uh, listen on the show this coming Wednesday, which will be the July the 5th. So that's that. Um, what else did I have I needed to talk about? Oh, of course. We need to talk about Superman Returns. Now, I want to first say that uh, I want to thank uh, both uh, Anthony and Dee on, on the forums for hooking up with me yesterday and talking over Skype. We spent about an hour talking mainly about uh, uh, the Superman Returns movie. I was trying or going to plan on recording our little conversation, except I had some, let's just say, some technical difficulties, so that didn't happen. But I had a really good conversation with those guys, and... All three of us had seen Superman Returns already, and it was nice to be able to talk about it in depth that way. 
But I will give uh, right now for all the listeners of the podcast my, I don't think I've had a chance to since the last podcast I did was last weekend before the movie came out. I haven't really had a real chance to tell everyone what I thought about the film. Well, I went on opening night, uh, and I have to say I was I was really, really impressed with the movie. I just thought it was great. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this a pretty brief and spoiler-free commentary and review on the film because I know it's fairly new, and a lot of people haven't had a chance to see the movie yet. But uh, it, overall, I just thought the movie was, was really well done. I thought it had a lot of heart. Uh, the storyline was, was pretty good. The, the main thing for me always with this film was was how good would the actor uh, Brandon Routh uh, do in the role of Superman as Clark Kent and so forth. And I thought he came through really well. I thought he looked very calm and collected and and very comfortable in the, in the part and in the role of uh, both Superman and Clark Kent, of course. And it's just, uh, I think it, it it's a really tough, tough act to follow with Christopher Reeve and, and really big boots to fill and Superman's in that part. And I thought he did a, just did an amazing job. I mean, it's, it, you could nitpick and little plot holes and maybe a few little things in that in the movie, but I don't really think there was that much. I've, I've heard a lot of comments and things from people and m- most people are very, very pleased with the movie. It's uh, it seems to be doing pretty well at the box office. I think it's going to do do pretty well, and I think it's going to launch a. Uh, oh, I'm sure it's going to definitely launch another movie that and and uh, and keep the franchise going now for a little bit. Uh, I think they really really did a great job. I I just loved all the little touches that they uh, to you know that they did and sort of an homage homage homage. I'm, I can't talk. I'm sorry. Homage to the original first uh, Superman movie with Christopher Reeve and the second one. Some lines they used from from those films. The music, of course, by John Williams. The Superman theme is, has become very... Uh, uh, just it just When you hear the music, you just think Superman and it fits. Uh, I was talking on the Skype call yesterday with the guys. I said it's sort of like the James Bond theme. You know, even with different people playing James Bond, you, you hear that music and you just immediately think James Bond. And the same thing with the Superman music now, I believe is the same situation and you know the credits the opening credits uh i just i just thought they did a great job i i really really i i think i another thing i said yesterday when i was talking to those guys was you know if i had been given all that money to make a superman movie i wish i could do as well as these guys did i mean they they did what i would do i mean i think they did exactly what they needed to do to bring superman back to the to the big screen and to audiences who who some haven't never you know younger people especially have never had a chance to see a superman film uh, on the big screen and i thought this uh, was a very good way to bring that into them i mean it had, i think it just had the right balance of both some quiet moments and the action of course i don't you know it's sam raimi who does the spider-man movies and brian singer who does these superheroes who did the first two x-men and now had now has done Superman. These guys just really get it. They know how to make uh, these kind of movies to give them a lot of heart. You really get drawn in. You really care about the characters. They're 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 fully kind of fleshed out. They're not just uh, cardboard cutout. Uh, you know, superheroes. There's there's depth to them, and they there's different motivations for what they do. Uh, I don't want to overanalyze it really right now, but. Uh, it, I just highly can't really recommend this movie enough. Uh, especially, I was slightly disappointed at the X Men Three movie this year, and this to me was just heads and tails above that in terms of just well, just everything. The way it was directed, the way it was acted, the the, the flow of the movie. I, I, this is the way to do these kind of movies, in my opinion. So that's that's my view. Uh, send me your comments about the movie, and I'd be happy to to hear from you at you know just email me at treksf at gmail.com and and let me know what you thought about superman returns but uh in a nutshell i loved it thought it was great my name is john Crichton. my name is john Crichton. my name is john Crichton. the scapecast 
What is the Scapecast? I'm Kevin Batchelder. And I'm Lindy Ray. On this episode of the Scapecast, I decided it was, you know, Rigel or Finn. Rigel struggles to gain and then regain the respect of his crewmates. What is my favorite chippy moment? Zan understands the strength she wields both Good spiritually evening. and physically. I'm Wendy Hambrock, and here's Attention. the news. There are opportunities all around. Good evening. Hey there. Welcome to Heckling it's from the Balcony. I've seen it I'd all. I have to rob a shadow depository to pay that oh, tab. By popular okay. demand. For the Scapecast, this Jarek tells us. Yes, I know. Work with me. Talon was so Put different. on your leather pants and reload your pulse pistol. The Skatecast is the only podcast in the world dedicated to Farscape. What is Farscape? Hey, wait, I got a couple of questions. I hate this stuff. On the ground now! I know what he's popping. Cross my heart, smack me dead. Everything lives and everything dies! Tell me dead. You've got to be kidding me. Why are you shaving me? At least you die. Shooting makes me feel better. Look upward, upward, upward and share the wonders I've seen. The Scapecast, your guide to the wonders of Farscape. You can find the Scapecast at scapecast.org. Okay, let's uh, let's switch gears now. We're going to get into the uh, main topic for this week, which is the original Star Trek series episode, Balance of Terror, which is a, a great movie, or great, uh, I was about to say movie, great uh, story and episode uh, involving uh, Kirk versus a, a Romulan commander in a, the first uh, meetup with the Enterprise uh, versus the Romulans. Most people know this episode. It's it's pretty popular. The, the thing I want to say, though, is the way I'm going to do this, and it was suggested and I've thought about it uh, for a while, is I'm going to play the episode in its entirety here and do sort of like uh, commentary as I'm watching it and have it in the background. Uh, I'll bring up the volume depending on different points in the episode and bring it down when I'm talking. Uh, We'll see how this works. I'm going to have to try to record it straight through. I won't really be able to pause unless I get interrupted. So, um, hey, you know what? Let's get to it. Oh, one last thing. I am not going to play the preview. Uh, That's probably not really that important since I'm going to play a lot of the episode here. So we're going to get right into the episode, Balance of Terror. Here we go. Of course, this episode starts with this uh, wedding scene, which, you from the bridge. which is pretty nice. Uh, I really like how they started off this episode. Uh, let's listen to this a little bit. Kirk here. Still no answer from Earth Outpost Number Two, Captain. And now Number Three's gone silent. Maintain course to Outpost Four. Keep me informed. Kirk out. In the 23rd century, they uh, they still use uh, sort of a take on the usual uh, wedding music. I thought that was cute. Since the days of the first wooden vessels, all shipmasters have had one happy privilege that of uniting two people in the bonds of matrimony. And so we are gathered here today with you, Angela Martin, and you, Robert Tomlinson, in the sight of your fellows, in accordance with our laws and our many beliefs, so that you may pledge your... Alert! Alert! All decks! Alert! Alert! Here. Earth Outpost 4 reports they are under attack. Space vessel, identity unknown. Pull ahead. All decks, condition red. One thing you really get a sense of from that wedding scene, even, is, is the fact that the Enterprise has a large crew. You know, that there's, there are a lot of people on this ship, and it takes a lot to, to really do what they need to do. And it's it's not always obvious from the other episodes, you know, they're focusing on the bridge and all, but this one you can see this. Let me give you a little background on, oh, we got a chance on Balance of Terror. It was uh, written by a guy named Paul Schneider, directed by Vincent McKeevity, 
I believe. Um, and this is when the Enterprise, you know, of course, is patrolling along the neutral zone, and they get this call from one of the outposts that they're under attack. Uh, this this episode, you know, Balance of Terror, is one of the few episodes where they they really focus on on prejudice and they hit it head on, and, and I think that's one of the strong points of the episode. There, there's a lot of other things going on, of course. It's also an episode about a, a battle of uh, two commanders versus versus each other, of course. And that, of course, is, is between Captain Kirk and the Romulan commander. Let's listen a little bit more to the uh, show. ...received emergency call from Outpost 4. The USS Enterprise is moving to investigate and assist. Outpost 4 reported under attack, sir. The message terminates. Verified, Captain. Our speed is now maximum, sir. Position eight minutes from outpost four at this velocity. Scotty, I've already talked to my engine room, so we'll get more speed out of her. I want to say I apologize right now if the volumes are not quite set right for doing this. Uh, I'm still tweaking around as we're as we're recording, but I'll, I'll get it right as we go. You may have to increase the volume a little to listen to this one, but. Um, you know, you have the new character of Styles in the navigation Spot. position, and he he becomes a key part of this episode. See, he is, uh, yeah, he's he's never really, I don't think, seen in another uh, another episode at all that I can recall. the um, The other thing to keep in mind with Balance of Terror is it was one of the very early episodes of Star Trek. This is like only episode number like nine in in the order of production. So there's there's things that are still being well, that you'll see for the first time in this episode that you never have seen before. Some of the battle scenes, uh, the Romulan ship is the first time we see that, of course. By any man aboard. Listen carefully. Science officer. Referring to the map on your screens, you will note beyond the moving position of our vessel, a line of Earth outpost stations. Constructed on asteroids, they monitor the neutral zone established by treaty after the Earth-Romulan conflict of over a century ago. As you may recall from your histories, this conflict was fought by our standards today with primitive atomic weapons and in primitive space vessels, which allowed no quarter, no captives, nor was there even ship-to-ship visual communication. Therefore, no human, Romulan, or ally has ever seen the other. Earth believes the Romulans to be warlike, cruel, treacherous. And only the Romulans know what they think of Earth. The treaty set by subspace radio established this neutral zone. So here we are hearing the first uh, commentary by Spock there about what this neutral zone is all about. And there's a map on the screen and everything. And it kind of explains why... the. You know, the Federation has not had any contact with the Romulans for quite a while. And, of course, there's the big scene in this episode where they they meet up and do see each other, and they see that the Romulans look a lot like Vulcans. And it's it's really pretty much determined that the Romulans are sort of like an offshoot of the Vulcans. Romulans did not embrace logic like the Vulcans did. They're, they're more emotional, more warlike, and, and kind of sort of like Klingons a little bit, I guess. But they, um, so they're, they're quite a bit different, of course. But that's where the prejudice comes in in this episode, especially between Styles and Mr. Spock. I have no idea that history was your specialty. Family history. There was a Captain Styles in the Space Service then. Two commanders, several junior officers. All lost in that war, sir. Their war, Mr. Styles. Not yours. Don't forget it. Yes, sir. Outpost 2 coming into sensor range, Captain. That important part there, you know, of course, there's a history with Styles and the Romulans within his family, so it's it, it's understandable that he has a prejudice already built in against Romulans. And interesting thing is in the future of Star Trek, you know, Kirk obviously becomes very prejudiced against Klingons. Especially in the movies where they, uh, the Klingons kill his son, David. And eventually he gets past that, of course, but uh, that's, uh, it's difficult for him even, too. Kirk is really very, um, 
solid in this episode. William Shatner is very uh, commander-like, very uh, straightforward. He's not the joking Kirk that you see sometimes in some episodes, and it fits this episode well. And I think part of it is because it's a uh, an early episode in Star Trek, and there's obviously a lot of serious things going on here with the meeting up with these Romulans and the fact that these outposts are being attacked. So it, it fits the episode very well, and he keeps his crew in line, which is... Uh, which is what his job is and what which makes him such a good captain and a good leader. Basic control room. Energize. Acknowledge. Basic control acknowledging. All weapons energizing to full. Happy wedding day. Almost. You won't get off my hook this easily. I'm gonna marry you, mister. Battle or phaser weapons notwithstanding. Well, meanwhile, temporarily at least... I'm still your superior officer. So get with it, mister. It's another nice t- touch in this uh, in this episode. You actually get a feel that the Enterprise is, again, like I said earlier, manned by lots of people, but it takes a lot of people to do what they do. Even when Kirk gives an order on the bridge, it's it's it, you see what happens below decks. You see the other crew, you know, the buttons they're pushing getting everything ready for the battle and it's it, you really get a nice sense in this episode that it's it's a unified crew unified ship in what they do and that it's more than just these you know eight or nine people on the bridge pushing buttons to make the ship do what it does there's a lot more to it than that first attack blew our deflector shield if they hit us again with our deflector shield gone do you read me enterprise confirm what hit you hansen what vessel? Identity. Space vessel. Only glimpse of. Can you locate the intruder for us? Negative. It seems to have disappeared somehow. I have you on my screen now. Switching to visual. Tie us in. Tied in, sir. solid iron and even through our deflectors it did this can you see affirmative your visual Hanson what do you have in the intruder this really helps the suspense of this episode that that this outpost was so obliterated by this ship you know you're starting to really go like "Mm, maybe the Enterprise is going to be in trouble here you know if a ship could do that kind of damage to an asteroid and something that was that below the ground you know, what what chance does the Enterprise have? But, of course, we know otherwise now. Lock us under your screen. Switching. This is a neat effect. This is where um, they're showing the screen that the outpost is seeing. They're showing what they're seeing right now. And the Enterprise isn't there yet. They're just getting this transmitted to them. So they're seeing this strange ship on their screen for the first time. Of course, it's the Romulan ship. And that weapon that the Romulan fires is is quite quite devastating. It uh, it's very powerful. But it, but it has some drawbacks, which you'll find about, you know, throughout the episode. It has limited range. They have to become visible to fire because it takes so much energy and, and that. So. Outpost 4. Disintegrated, Captain. Position of the intruder, Mr. Spock. Disappeared. Interesting how they became visible for just a moment. When they opened fire. Perhaps necessary when they used the weapon. Have a blip on the motion sensor, Captain. Could be the intruder. Go to full magnification. Screen is on full mag, sir. I don't see anything. It's been said uh, in different times that this episode is sort of a uh, a takeoff on a couple of movies. One would be uh, Run Silent, Run Deep, 
and the other one, the enemy below. Basically, uh, submarine versus surface vessel type uh, war films. And the, the roles here are obvious. The Enterprise is the surface vessel, and the Romulan ship is the submarine. And the, the fact that the Romulan ship is invisible basically is the same thing, and the, the Enterprise has to sort of search them out and find them while taking, of course, a big risk that if the Romulan ship pops up like a submarine and takes a shot at them, they could be very vulnerable and in a lot of trouble. Like always, Star Trek has some uh, really great music that fits this episode real well. Parallel course. Don't you mean interception course, sir? Negative. You and Mr. Sulu will match course and speed with the object on our sensors. Exactly. Move for move. If he has sensors, I want him to think that we're a reflection, an echo. Under no circumstances are you to cross into the neutral zone without my direct orders. Acknowledged, sir. Cancel battle stations. All decks stand by alert. Cancel battle stations, sir. Captain. May I respectfully remind the captain what has happened? The Romulans have crossed the neutral zone. Attacked our outpost, killed our men. Mr. Stiles. Add to that the fact that it was a sneak attack. Mr. Stiles, are you questioning my orders? Negative, sir. I'm pointing out that we could have Romulan spies aboard this ship. I agree, sir. Respectfully recommend all decks maintain security alert. Very well. All decks, security alert. Security alert, sir. It's a very different kind of scene there you know you don't usually hear people questioning kirk's orders and sulu even chimes in and it's it's good you know when you think about it that uh that they do discuss things they do discuss these situations of course it's 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 wrong styles is, is way off he's just prejudiced and thinking that there's spies aboard the enterprise it doesn't turn out to be really true of course, but it's 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 a safety precaution, and it's there's nothing really wrong with it, and Kirk goes along with him. Now this is where they're seeing the Romulans for the first time. They've tapped into some communication channel, and they're seeing the face of the Romulan commander, who looks a lot like Mister Spock. Keep in mind, this is the first time they've really gotten a, uh, in history to see what Romulans look like. I apologize, there was a little bit of a problem with my microphone there. I had to move things a little bit, so I had to uh, kind of have a quick little pause there. But we're back. Cryptography is working on it, sir. Kevin Spark. Didn't quite get that, Mr. Sound. Nothing, sir. Repeat it. I was suggesting that Mr. Spark could probably translate it for you, sir. I assume you're complimenting Mr. Spark on his ability to decode. I'm not sure, sir. Well, here's one thing you can be sure of, Mr. Leave any bigotry in your quarters. There's no room for it on the bridge. Do I make myself clear? You do, sir. Yeah, you can see, uh, of course, Kirk being the good commander that he is, he nips that right in the bud. Doesn't help completely, but... I made a tape of it, sir. It's, uh... He does not put up with that kind of junk on his bridge. And it's 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 a big, uh... Big important point to this whole... This whole episode is, is about that. That even though these... These enemies, these aliens, look like Spock. They are not Spock, and they are not Vulcans. At extreme range. He's changing course, sir. Stay with him, Hal. Turning, sir. I think this next scene will be, uh, this is on the Romulan ship for the first time. That Earth outpost called to an Earth vessel, now it follows us. Which neither retreats nor grows near, which turns as we turn. Commander, it is our judgment we run from a reflection. Perhaps so, but my judgment prevails. 
Romulan commander played by Mark Leonard. Uh, he really does a great job. Mark Leonard, of course, is most famous for playing Spock's father. System, I'm it is good we approach the neutral zone. Not too soon for me to see the stars of home. I know they are following. If an Earth ship, why does he not attack? First, study the enemy, seek weakness. If I were their commander, that is what I would do. You can see there is already sort of a mutual respect forming a between Kirk, or between the, the Romulan commander and Kirk, and, and vice versa. It's it's one of the really good things about this episode is that these the enemy is not is not just a, a, a real nasty bad guy. These guys uh, are are just doing what they feel is right for their their world, their society, and they are well-rounded enemies. Even though they don't see eye to eye with the Federation, they they you can respect them. And there's a, there's some good lines towards the end uh, with regards to that. Danger and I are old companions. We've seen a hundred campaigns together, and still I do not understand you. I think you do. No need to tell you what happens the moment we reach home with proof of the Earthmen's weakness, and we will have proof. The Earth Commander will follow, he must. And when he attacks, we will destroy him. Our gift to the homeland, another war. If we are the strong, is this not the signal for war? Must it always be so? How many comrades have we lost in this way? Our portion, Commander, is obedience. Obedience? Duty. Death and more death. Soon even enough for the Praetor's taste. I find myself wishing for destruction before we can return. You can see this commander has seen a lot of a lot of battle, a lot of a lot of death, and he's he's just frankly not. tired of it. Like you, I'm too well trained in my duty to permit it. Continue evasive maneuvers. The Romulans in this episode and other ones are very, very Roman-like. You know, they call them centurions. They they have a lot of duty and honor, and, and they're they're very patterned after the the Roman military. We're staying with them. Steady on one eleven mark fourteen. Back on their original course, Captain, toward the neutral zone. to say this is probably uh, one of the episodes uh, of Star Trek in the first season especially that I have seen a lot of times just because I feel it's such a strong episode and it was one of the earliest episodes that I think I had ever seen of Star Trek there were a couple from the first season were some of my earliest episodes that I can recall seeing when I really got into Star Trek for the first time and Imbalance of Terror was one of those Outpost protective shield. Cast rodinium. This is the hardest substance known to our science. Lab theorizes an enveloping energy plasma, forcing an implosion. Comments? Obviously, their weaponry is superior to ours, and they have a practical invisibility screen. You're discussing tactics. You realize what this really comes down to? Millions and millions of lives hanging on what this vessel does next. Or on what this vessel fails to do, Doctor. Yes, well, gentlemen, the question still remains. Can we engage them with a reasonable possibility of victory? No question. Their power is simple impulse. Meaning we cannot run. To be used in chasing them or retreating. Sir. Go ahead, Mr. Stiles. I call this session for opinions. We have to attack immediately. Explain. They're still on our side of the neutral zone. There would be no doubt that they broke the treaty. Attack without a visible target. How do we aim our phasers? Aim with sensors. Not accurate, but if we blanket them, we can... I know it's for a lucky shot before they zero in on us. And if we don't, once back, they'll report that we saw their weapons and ran. And if they could report that they destroyed us? These are Romulans. You run away from them and you guarantee war. 
They'll be back. Not just one ship, but with everything they've got. You know that, Mr. Science Officer. You're the expert in these people. But you've always left out that one point. Why? I'm very interested in why. Sit down, mister. I agree. Attack. Are you suggesting we fight to prevent a fight? Based on what? Memories of a war over a century ago? On theories about a people we've never even met face to face? We know what they look like. Yes, indeed we do, Mr. Stiles. And if the Romulans are an offshoot of my Vulcan blood, and I think this likely, then attack becomes even more imperative. War is never imperative, Mr. Spock. It is for them, Doctor. Vulcan, like Earth, had its aggressive, colonizing period. Savage, even by Earth standards. And if the Romulans retain this martial philosophy, then weakness is something we dare not show. Do you want a galactic war on your conscience? Captain DeBridge. This is Uhura, Captain. What's our position? Course unchanged, sir. Estimating treaty boundary in 21 minutes. Are you continuing to broadcast tactical reports? Affirmative, Captain. And at this distance? Approximately three hours before receiving a reply to our first message. Thank you, Lieutenant. Check our course ahead, Mr. Spock. A comet magnitude 7 dead ahead. And the intruder changing course toward it. Comet Icarus 4. Composition? Quite ordinary. An ionized mass, a trail of frozen vapor particles. And when an object passes through it, even an invisible object... It leaves a visible trail. Ah! Our chance, gentlemen. Prepare to attack. All hands, battle stations. I hope we won't need your services, Bones. Amen to that. Taking a big gamble, Jim. So the point of this is basically, you know, you've got to give the bully a bloody nose and he won't come back. So in both Styles and Spock, it's kind of interesting. They both agree on that. They both say... You need to stop the Romulan, stop them now, so they'll think twice about attacking again. And this comet that's coming up uh, provides them with this opportunity. You know, it's a little... Uh, you kind of wonder, well, why doesn't the Romulan ship just go around the comet? It's not that big, it, rather than possibly become visible by going through it. But it's uh, it's still a, a cool effect and gives the Enterprise this opportunity to attack. Plot is exact point of entry, Mr. Stiles. Computed. On the board, sir. The moment he begins entering the comet's tail, he becomes visible. End run, gentlemen. We'll swing around the other side. But now I'm recalling there's a reason, actually, the Romulan is going through the comet. I'm remembering it's been a little bit since I've seen this, and he's actually setting the Enterprise up slightly. How pleasing to the eye, Tess. Behold a marvel in the darkness. You spoke of entrapment. Its many particles will obscure their sensing device, Centurion. We enter it, Commander. Once fully obscured, we will turn suddenly back upon our adversary. At last, the screen is clear, Commander. Clear. Our reflection no longer follows us. Escape maneuver one, quickly! We're losing sensor contact. Steady as she goes. Phaser crews ready? Phaser crew signal ready, sir. It'll only be visible for a It's moment. interesting, they both both commanders in each ship have sort of an advisor, uh, Kirk with McCoy and the Romulan one with the other uh, sub-commander on his ship. They both give them advice, uh, even though they're not really, uh, at least McCoy's case, strictly military, but it's sort of uh, Sir, nothing people that they trust their judgment. Hard to starboard help. Hard to starboard help. did exactly what I would have done. Underestimate him again. Now, fire blind, lay down a pattern. Fire's pattern. All phasers fire. Phaser one, fire. Phaser one, fire. 
and you get a sense of the uh, below decks, uh, uh, kind of a submarine thing again, a little bit, or, or, a, or a military cruiser. You know, they're ordering these weapons to be fired from the bridge, and then below decks they fire them. Actually, it's uh, it's a cool effect. I, I wish they had done more of that in the in other episodes. Of course, a piece of uh, big uh, equipment fell on on the Romulan commander's uh, advisor here. Phaser overload. Control circuit burnout. Yeah, there you go again. Always sparks flying on the bridge of the Enterprise. It'll take time to correct, sir. Captain, are they surrendering? Full astern. Emergency warp. Do we have emergency warp? Now the Romulan became visible for a second, of course, and fired their big plasma weapon at the, the Enterprise. Trying to get away from it. We can get one phaser working, sir. One shot and detonate. Navigation. Estimated it'll overtake us in two minutes, sir. Phasers, Mr. Spock. Impossible, Captain. Feed this to the space recorder and jettison immediately. Captain, should I continue log entry? Affirmative, continue log entry. There's uh, Grace Lee Whitney playing uh, Janice Rand, uh, one of her few uh, early uh, first season appearances. There's a scene here where this weapon's just about to overtake him, and she's like, oh, Captain Kirk, hold me. The weapon's starting to dissipate Three, a little. It does have a limited two, range. One. Impact. Limited range. Phaser's operational, Captain. Intruder bearing, 111, mark 14. Back to his old course. You may think we're destroyed, Captain. I wouldn't make that assumption. I don't think that Captain will either. Intruder holding steady, course 111, mark 14. One thing about the cloaking device in this episode uh, that keep in mind, they're, they're not really Stand having too much trouble two. tracking them. You know, keep the... Um, Later in Star Trek, in, in both the original series and later Star Trek episodes, the, the cloaking became more and more improved, where to the point, uh, like the sixth Star Trek film, they were able to, to cloak and be pretty undetectable and could Commander, fire at the same time, which which was a really uh, big problem, basically. It's, it's tough to deal with somebody who's invisible and can fire at you without you seeing them. Impossible as we move its commander is not one to repeat a mistake Mark Leonard uh, who played Sarek of course in the Romulan commander also played a Klingon in the first Star Trek motion picture he's got the distinction of being like one of the only actors I think the only actor in Star Trek history to play both a Vulcan a Romulan and a Klingon they want war we furnish the provocation we're still on our side, Captain. Let's get them while we are. Before we enter the neutral zone. Full ahead, Mr. Sudo. Maximum warp. Ahead, sir. Maximum. Laser, stand by. Sir, at this distance? We know their Achilles heel, Mr. Stiles. Their weapon takes all their energy. They must become visible in order to launch it. A phaser hit at this distance would be the wildest stroke of luck. I'm aware of that, Mr. Stiles. Are phasers ready? Phasers show ready. 
Commander! Evasive action. The Earth ship again. Another interesting thing here is the 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 Enterprise at this point doesn't have photon torpedoes, but the phasers that they're firing appear a lot like torpedoes. They shoot out, and then they sort of have a proximity setting where they explode in a pattern out there, almost like depth charges that a cruiser would be shooting at a submarine. Which again, of course, is the, is the parallel in this episode to to the old uh, World War II type movies that I mentioned earlier. Steady as we go, Mr. Sulu. Continue firing. I will tend to the Centurion. No need. Centurion is dead. Why don't we fire, Commander? No. No, you shrewd this starship, Commander. He tries to make us waste energy. It's estimated we have only enough... This time. All debris into disposal tubes. Yes, Commander. The body of the Centurion, too. Forgive me, my old friend. But I must use all my experience now to get home. Sorry, the phone is uh, ringing in the background, but I don't want to stop, so... Uh... Vessel wreckage. Metal molds, conduit, plastiform, and a body cap. However... However... Insufficient mass, sir. What? Simple debris. Not a vessel. A trick. Go to sensor probes. Nothing, sir. No motion out there at all. We've lost them, Captain. I apologize for the uh, for the ringing phone. Captain's log, star date seventeen zero nine point six. We are at the neutral zone. Have lost contact with the intruder. No reaction on our motion sensors, but believe the Romulan vessel to be somewhere close by. With all engines and systems shut down, the Enterprise is also playing the silent waiting game in hope of regaining contact. Captain, I must make further repairs in the transfer coil. It's giving out again. All right, Mr. Spock. We're quiet. Now, at this point, this is a very classic, you know, uh, destroyer versus submarine situation where the Enterprise is running silent... And the the this the submarine part of it, the Romulan ship, is trying to find them or detect them. And, must and have gone it, this is just a cat and mouse game, a, a classic situation. I feel it. Captain's log, supplemental. The uh, the gung ho little assistant guy there in the Romulan ship uh, that always wants to attack and everything. And he is also the actor, and I don't know the actor's name offhand, but he played. The character of Stan in yeah, a Muck Time, galley, who was the guy who wanted uh, you know Spock's girl to pring. Oh, so keep, that's a little you, connection guys. there. Bring it to the bridge. I'll be there in a moment. It's yes, a good scene coming up here between uh, Doctor McCoy and Captain Kirk in his quarters, where he's Kirk's kind of getting a few minutes of rest, and McCoy has to come by and chat with him. I wish I were in a long sea voyage somewhere. Not too much deck tennis, no frantic dancing, and no responsibility. Why me? I look around that bridge. I see the men waiting for me to make the next move. And Bones? What if I'm wrong? 
Captain. No. I don't really expect an answer. But I've got one. Something I seldom say to a customer, Jim. In this galaxy, there's a mathematical probability of three million Earth-type planets. And in all of the universe, three million million galaxies like this. And in all of that, and perhaps more, only one of each of us. Don't destroy the one named Kirk. Uh, leave it to Bones to always have the right thing to say. And, uh, you know, Kirk needed a little boost there, you know, that you're unique, you're one of a kind, and you're doing what you do best. So it's a uh, good, good situation. It's what makes the original series so great. You know, you've got the the classic, tr- you know, trifecta there of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and pretty much always uh, a good combination and, and could solve any problem. That scene, Spock's, Spock's doing a little repair on the bridge and accidentally trips a uh, sensor back on and sends him. out a signal. Move toward him. Accidentally, of course. But Styles is like, oh, you, you know, your Vulcan that looks like a Romulan. Power on. You know, of course, they're giving dirty looks to each other. First course, you'll try to slip under. Matter of course. Coming around. Phasers. Fire. Fine. Oh, Commander. How? He's a sorcerer, that one. He reads the thoughts. Our fuel supply all but gone, and he stays out of reach. We are beaten. Can it be true? The Praetor's finest and proudest flagship beaten. Perhaps we can yet save your Praetor's pride for him. More debris into the tube. Isis, we have some of the old-style nuclear warheads aboard. Yes, Commander, but only for self-destruction. Place one in with the debris. Proximity fuse. Yes, Commander, at once. Scanning across our path. Cease fire. Debris on our scanners. Analysis, quickly. Same type as before, sir. Except one metal-cased object. Hell, hard over. Phasers, fire, point blank. Phasers, fire! Now, that also is a classic submarine move where they're they're sending out these debris fields to make it look like they've been hit and, and damaged. Glorious. And this time, of course, the Romulans slipped a little uh, device in there, an explosive device, oh, and they, you know, the Enterprise detected it at the last second, but it damaged him pretty badly. Commander, I remind you of your duty. The captain is declared. McCoy here. Casualties? 22 so far. Mainly radiation burns, mostly from the ship's outer areas. Could have been much, much worse, Captain. Thank you, Doctor. Report, Mr. Spock. Nuclear device of some kind, sir. Our phasers detonated it less than 100 meters away. Ship damage? Mainly overloads and circuit burnouts. Weapon status? We've only the forward phaser room, Captain. Fully operable, Scotty? Yes, sir. But Specialist Tomlinson is manning it alone. No standby crew available. Sir, my first assignment was in weapons control. Go. Lieutenant Uhura, take over navigation. I like how they put Uhura in navigator position here. You know, it, it, it shows that everyone on the bridge knows the different jobs, at least enough to take over if they we have, have to. Power now, Captain, if you'd like to move off and make repairs. No, no. Maybe we can 
pull them back to our side of the neutral zone. Hold our position. Play dead. Now, a key point here is that the Romulan commander, of course, has damaged the, the Enterprise enough, and he really does not want to continue this. He does not want to finish him off. But he's getting sort of uh, pushed into it by this sub-commander guy. In the neutral zone. They will not enter. If you refuse, permit me the glory of the kill, Commander. attack but on my order Now remember this scene at the end of Balance of Terror get, used to get used on when Star Trek is being rerun a lot in syndication. This, this one scene towards the end of uh, Balance of Terror got used in a lot of the commercials for, um, you know, hey, watch Star Trek this week on channel whatever. But this, this is a classic scene here at the end when the phaser room starts to get uh, invaded with this phaser coolant pink gas stuff. And then, of course, the Rymulant ship is starting to uh, move in and attack at the same time. Enemy vessel gunning visible. Forward phasers. Stand by. Fire. Fire. Styles, can you hear me? Fire. Fire. There's a guy named Wa Chang who designed the Romulan ship and designed a lot of things on Star Trek. Uh, really, really amazing designer. Hailing frequencies open, Standing by to beam your survivors aboard our ship. Prepare to abandon your vessel. No. No, that's not our way. I regret that we meet in this way. You and I are of a kind. In a different reality. I could have called you friend. What purpose will it serve to die? We are creatures of duty, Captain. I have lived my life by it. Just one more duty to perform. scene there between this first time Kirk and the Romulan commander get to actually talk and you all right, they're Mr. very similar very well thank you Captain. and you Mr. Sound I'm alive sir but I wouldn't be Mr. Spark he pulled me out of the phaser room saved my life he risked his life and after I I saved a trained navigator so that he could return to duty I'm capable of no other feelings in such matters how many men did we lose Bones only one. Tomlinson. The boy who was going to get married this morning. 
His fiancée's at the chapel now. We finally received an answer from command base, sir. They say they'll support whatever decision you have to make. Yeah, there's Starfleet, you know. They they were waiting for hours to get a message back from them and uh sure we'll go along with whatever you whatever you think you should do, Kirk. Just do it. So uh it shows you just pretty much how much the Enterprise and Kirk and everyone was out on their own for the most part and had to make these choices and decisions themselves all the time. It's um, kind of ironic in this episode that the only guy, you know, at the beginning that's going to get married, this Tomlinson character, is the only one that actually ends up being killed uh, in the, the whole fight and battle. It's uh, it's a sad situation, of course, but it's... Well, I'll let Kirk take over. Never makes any sense. Both have to know that there was a reason. I'm all right. everybody's uh enjoyed this uh, little slightly different uh, way of doing my star trek uh, reviews and and discussions on the episodes it, it was it was enjoyable i really like doing it this way for a change and i think i'm going to try it again uh i think i got the you know volumes on how to set the uh, mixer and everything down pretty well and, and balance of terror is just a terrific episode a, a classic uh a classic in in star trek history you know they have the two uh two commanders going at it the the theme of prejudice that runs through a through the episode uh the the wedding situation with the character of Tomlinson the showing of the you know how the lower decks on on the enterprise operate you know it's a, it's a it's a huge crew and it, it takes a lot of them to get the job done and uh it's just just really just a a, a great episode and and one of my favorites uh of of the whole uh, Star Trek, you know, you know, history, I guess, or all the episodes, especially the original series. This is definitely one of the top episodes, at least in my view. I, I think they really, really did a great job with it, and and all the actors too. It's 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 nice to see some different guest stars having some meaty parts in it, and the character of Styles and the Romulan commander and all that. So it's uh, really really a good one, and uh, I hope you guys have uh, and guys and girls and ladies and gentlemen and everyone out there have enjoyed uh, this little slightly different Treks in Sci-Fi podcast for for looking at Balance of Terror. I think what I'm going to do, though, is I've got a couple of new collectibles I wanted to talk about, but it's I'm running kind of long this week because of doing the episode this way, so I'm going to hold the collectible talk to the Wednesday show, which will be the email slash collectible show for this coming, coming Wednesday, uh, which will be uh, the day after the 4th of July. And for those in the United States, I, I want to wish everyone a, a happy Fourth of July. Hope uh, you're you're safe and have some you know barbecue and light off some fireworks and and have a wonderful Fourth of July. For everyone else out there in the rest of the world, I, I hope you're enjoying uh, the summer or whatever kind of weather you happen to be having. And uh, and again, I I hope everyone you know enjoyed and liked the way I did this. And give me some feedback. Let me know what you thought about uh, that way of commenting on an episode and. You know, one thing, if you feel like doing, you could, of course, play my commentary uh, during uh, watching the episode, watching Balance of Terror again sometime, even though the audio uh, from the episode would maybe interfere with yours or you could keep your volume down and just listen to what of mine is running or whatever. But uh, it was a good idea, I think, and I, I think it came out pretty well. So uh, I'll have to listen to uh, listen to it back a bit, and maybe I can comment more uh, after I've heard, uh, heard how it went. So... I am going to be signing off now, I think, and that's about it. Oh, a couple things. One, I've already told you what's coming up on Wednesday show. Next weekend, uh, next uh, weekend's show, I am going to do a next, uh, yeah, Star Trek Next Generation episode. Most likely, I'll probably be doing the episode that focuses on Picard called The Inner Light. 
it's a it's a really good episode and it's one I've wanted to do for a while. So that's probably what's coming up next weekend. So until Wednesday and the next weekend, I hope everyone uh, has a, a safe, enjoyable uh, time out there. So this is a I'm babbling now, so I'm going to say goodbye. Everyone, go see Superman Returns, one of the great movies of the summer, in my opinion. And that's about it. Talk to everyone later. Take care. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. This has been a Rick Dosti production. This podcast, copyright 2006, all rights reserved.